are live. Welcome on in, everybody, to Season 7, Episode 1 of the NAI Ball Podcast. I am one half of your podcasting team, Tyler Norris, and I am joined by... The second half of your podcasting team, new co-host, Taylor Thomas. So let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room here. We understand these are not the usual voices you are used to hearing on this show. Um, We are extremely grateful to have been handed the keys to the podcast by Robbie Gutierrez, and we are extremely grateful and blessed to have this opportunity to take over for Rob and Cody, both shoes that I know I can say for myself, Taylor, are going to be hard shoes to fill. Yeah, no doubt. You you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, what both Robbie and especially Cody have done for the game of NAI baseball that we both played in and grown to love. And now, like you said, we have the opportunity now and are blessed with that opportunity to carry on not only Cody's legacy, but Robbie as well and what they've built in this brand. And we're really excited to do it. You know, I have always been a fan of the NAI Ball podcast, and I have loved watching it grow to what it is today. And blessed would be an understatement for me on being able to be a part of this team and a part of the podcast that I listened to so many years. Yeah, no question, too. I mean, I've, I remember my freshman year of college when NAI ball first really blew up on Twitter. And um, I didn't hear as a freshman, I didn't know anything really about the NAI. And now, I mean, most everyone in the country and in the baseball world in general knows kind of what our level is and that's due to the the great work that you know obviously Cody Robbie and and, and Connor of course have put in over over these last few years and like you said I'm I'm ready to get started and um ready to not fill the shoes um too much but carry on our own legacy here and um grow this brand continue carrying and growing this brand in the direction we all know it can go um so let's go ahead and roll uh, obviously whether you're a new listener or a frequent visitor of the NAI Ball podcast, you have no idea who we are. So a little bit of background on myself and then I'll let Taylor, uh, let Taylor go. So a little bit of background on myself. Like I said, my name is Tyler Norris. I was a starting pitcher at McPherson college in Kansas for five seasons, COVID year. Um, and I am just extremely excited to be a part of this team and get rocking and rolling here. Yeah, same here. And like you said, too, I mean, my name is Taylor Thomas, of course, for the people that um, don't know me can kind of put the uh, face to the name here, if you will. Um, I played outfield at Southwestern Christian in the Sooner Athletic Conference for five years. Once again, shout out to the COVID year. Um, and I am just grateful and honored, like we had mentioned previously, not only to for you, Tyler, to carry on your stories of what's been a very talented KCAC over your time there. Same here with me here in the sooner um, carry our time and our stories over and use our experiences to relate and now be stuck in the game still and continue to grow this brand and grow the level of NAI baseball that we played in and are still blessed to be able to follow. Absolutely. So Taylor, here we are, obviously season seven of the NAI ball podcast and week one just wrapped up of the season 2024 season. I think for me, the big news line that stood out to me was what Ottawa of Arizona was able to do this weekend against Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were our team of the week for, for very good reason. Taylor, of course, out of Indiana under coach Kyle gold has built an incredible program up there going to the NAI world series uh, last year and, and competing really well coming in ranked ninth in the preseason poll 
And Ottawa, Arizona won that series three games to one. And quite frankly, it, um, they, they pretty much dominated, I would say, throughout. I mean, a seven to two uh, game one victory uh, under the arm of Evan Massey, the opening day starter, four and two thirds, only one run and was lights out. I mean, one run, five Ks, four and two thirds against the ninth ranked team in the country. That's going to do it every time. And then the offense strung together some hits and um, really chipped away and continued to put pressure on the, the Taylor pitching staff. And much of the same there in game two. I mean, the pitching was really the key of the day for the spirit. I mean, Zach Hang is five innings of shutout ball in four Ks, once again against a very, very good Taylor lineup. Can't ask for much else um, there in game two. Game three, Taylor, of course, took um, in a very close four to three W there in the seven inning ball game. And then, of course, game four, Ottawa, Arizona comes out and wins that game 13 to nine, securing the series victory and um, giving themselves a statement win for that program here to start off the 2024 season. Absolutely. I could not have said it better myself. You know, I think that series probably is the one that stuck out most to me about being surprised because, you know, baseball, anything can happen, right? This one really stuck out to me. Taylor being the ninth ranked team in the country preseason and then dropping three games to an unranked team. That was quite a way to kick off the 2024 campaign for Ottawa of Arizona. And I'm thrilled to see how they grow from here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a trip Taylor's pretty accustomed to, I mean, from Indiana squad, you know, you're not going to really get a lot of home games to start the year, as we know, for a lot of Northern teams, that can be the issue. So you go out to Arizona and you play in this, um, had a lot of uh, good games out in Arizona, not just including Ottawa, Arizona and Taylor, but, that series was was very much highlighted by those two um, pitchers there in games one and two, both Evan Massey and Zach Hangis. A big shout-out goes to them, and let's see if they can ride this this impressive, impressive momentum um, on into the season here. Absolutely. And, you know, looking aside to a couple other games here from week one, the number one team, the number one seed in the country, number one ranked team, Southeastern Fire down there in Lakeland, Florida, really flexing their muscle over Ottawa of Kansas this time taking the three game set complete sweep taylor how'd you think southeastern looked this weekend uh they quite frankly they looked like the number one team in the country and the same southeastern team that everyone here at the nai level has grown accustomed to um, especially over the last five years under head coach adrian dinkle uh mike mendoza eric Dahl. i mean everybody does just an outstanding job down there at that program um ottawa kansas as you know um so well being a former kcac guy another Incredible program. It's had a lot of great success in recent years going to that opening round and Faulkner a few years back with um, names like Tyler Bryant. We could get in and on and on into that. Um, but Southeastern really took it to him in a 15 and nothing, just domination there in game one. Darian Smith, four innings, eight Ks. Um, Reading Sun Conference Pitcher of the Year looked much of the same here in 2023. And um, a really big shout out to in that game, too, can go to Ottawa as well. I mean, you, as a former player, you know, the mental toll it takes to not only go out and lose 15 to nothing there, but bouncing right back. And that's your season opener too. That's your first showing there on the season, bouncing right back and um, giving them a tough game there in game two. I believe um, Ottawa had a two nothing lead there until the fifth um, until Southeastern pulled away and Pablo Lanzarote hit that two run shot there in the fifth inning, a five to three win for Southeastern. And then in, of course, in game three, uh, a 10 to three dub by Southeastern 2022 NAI pitcher of the year, uh, Rob Adams, um, as your number three, that's going to, that's going to do a lot of damage. That's a, it's a very, very scary rotation. 
Uh, Danny Batcher, too, came out of the pen there in game two, who was undefeated last year, the Florida Gulf Coast transfer, along with Darian Smith. It looked like much of the same, that's for sure. And um, what's very going to be a very, very scary lineup yet again for Coach Dinkle and, and staff. Yeah, you know, I would absolutely go in and say that Southeastern looked to be in midseason form already in week one. <laughs> and much like you said yourself, that rotation is going to be scary. Like, imagine saying two years ago when Rob Adams was dominating the NAI that he was going to be their number three. <laughs> so needless to say, I think Southeastern is just going to be just fine from a pitching department side of things. They are going to be a tough team to beat this year. Yeah. And I mean, they're always going to be um, tough from the pitching side there. I mean, um, you know, once again, coach windows and um, enough, not enough can be said about him, the, the great recruiting job he's done there under coach Dinkle. They really have, just an incredible, incredible uh, program down there. I mean, getting guys like like a Josh Davis, who was a, a multi-year starter at Georgia State there in the Sun Belt, two-time All-Sun Belt team member, and he's hitting seven hole in your lineup. I mean, that's that's almost unheard of at the NAI level. Colby Martin, of course, the, uh, the D2 transfer that um, Coach Dinkle mentioned to us there at ABCA, um, up to 101 this fall, and he, he looked very, very impressive. The, the D3 transfer, two innings pitch, five Ks, uh, they're in that game to win um, against Ottawa there. I mean, they looked they looked loaded uh, back for, for vengeance there after what um, what was considered a, a finish they didn't really expect in uh, last season there, um, falling short of that World Series. But uh, I can definitely expect Southeastern to be there and uh, be, once again, probably the favorites here in 2024. Southeastern, much like every year, definitely going to be a team to keep an eye out and keep tabs on. Always a good highlight reel team there. Moving on, we had a little bit of an upset down there in Shreveport as Mid-America Christian out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, took down the Pilots in game one, splitting the doubleheader with Shreveport. Taylor, how'd you have that one? Yeah, that one, uh, much like Ottawa, Arizona, probably one of the biggest surprises, uh, surprises of the weekend there. Of course, Matthew going down. Um, and splitting those two games there with the fifth-ranked uh, pilots out of LSU Shreveport. Uh, of course, Coach Neffendorf has has really elevated that program um, over his short tenure there now, um, going into his fifth season there, talking to him there at ABCA once again. You can expect a, a team like Shreveport to be up there with the, you know, the George Gwinnett's, the Southeasterns, the, the Lewis and Clark States, um, so on and so forth now. And Mid-America Christian, a team that um, – coming off of success last year in a team that I know very well in the Sooner Athletic Conference. Uh, it's actually uh, considered my former former rival, if you will. Um, but there have always been a good squad. They've always been scrappy, a scrappy bunch. And now under coach Brett Stanton, who's um, come over now from Western Oklahoma State of the JUCO ranks, um, he's really improved that program there. And I mean, Isaac Baez is the guy that stood out here in the Sooner last year. And he did that once again. I mean, four and two thirds, four hits, one earned, four Ks against a, what is a really, really potent Shreveport lineup um, in their home ballpark, too. And it was an 11-1 to game one victory. Um, Eight-inning run rule win. They chipped away Noah McGarry-Doyle, uh, returning uh, producer in their lineup, a big, big bat. Um, he had a great weekend as well. And then Anthony Hampton and um, Zach Stark combined to go four for seven there at the top of the lineup in your one-two. That's going to spell a lot of success. I don't care who you're playing against. And then in game two, as well, I mean, they did drop that game, but that's a five-four, a five-four loss. And then the um, Chase Gertro, who I got to see up close and personal as a freshman two years ago at the Cajun, who's um, turned into one of the better arms that we have at the country. 
um, had to cut out and get that save. Um, of course, he's electric, but um, a 11 to one dub and then a five to four loss against the fifth ranked team and what many consider to be a World Series favorite. That's I think that they could coach Stanton and crew will take that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going down to Shreveport on the road, nonetheless, is trying to take down those pilots, man. And they've been quite the team over recent years. And what Mac U was able to do this weekend was quite literally amazing to watch. It was astonishing. And, you know, flirting with a doubleheader sweep there in game two and just losing it by a run. I don't know. I, I think that this Mac U squad, they got something brewing down there. And they're definitely going to be a team to keep an eye out for. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a team that we're going to talk about a lot as the season goes on. Um, and what is obviously a tough Sooner Athletic Conference every single year. Um, Mac U is a team coming off of, like we had mentioned with Coach Stanton in, in the ABCA interview, um, the NCCA uh, National Championship. They're looking to, he, he said one of his goals is looking to improve onto that and ultimately win an NAI and be one of the few programs to accomplish both there. And um, coming in here with, with once again, arms like Baez, too, returning. And, I mean, Zane Robert has been a really good bullpen arm um, for them the last few years. Uh, Baez is going to be a name to watch out for in, in a Sooner Athletic Conference that, that features a lot of good hitters, for sure. I mean, they, they proved it down here. And what is the one of the tougher places to play in the NAI at Pilot Field in Shreveport? And Coach Brett Stan, like I said, he's got to be very, very excited for the squad even more now um, coming into 2024 after what was a very, very impressive weekend. Absolutely. You know, there were a handful of great games this weekend. Obviously, I know we were all just so excited for the season to be back. It felt like forever since the season ended, the 2023 campaign, and now we're back. And there was so many good games to catch this weekend. And a lot of players really stood out to us this weekend. So we're going to go through some shout outs and mentions for players of the week from week one. So to kick it off here, we have the Arizona Christian starting pitcher, Jackson Hohensi. He pitched five innings, surrendering two hits, no earned runs, and striking out 10 versus all of it Nazarene. And, of course, our lady of the lake third baseman, Jack Kaliski, a 7-for-11 um, on the weekend with a double, a triple, a homer, uh, four RBIs, a stolen base um, against what is a really good USAO squad. Shout-out to Jack Kaliski on a great week. And we already kind of touched on this player, but Southeastern University starting pitcher Darian Smith went four innings, surrendering one hit no runs and fanning eight in that win against Ottawa of Kansas. Next up, we got Kansas Wesleyan starting pitcher Jarrett Brannon throwing six innings in his opening start, surrendering no runs, three hits, striking out seven over the 21-ranked team Texas Wesleyan. And Houston Victoria infielder Hayden Leopold in the uh, four-game sweep there of Wayland Baptist, five for 14, four runs, three doubles in an RBI um, in what was a very impressive weekend for the Cougars. Bruton Parker outfielder Michael Sun, he went eight for 10 this weekend with two doubles, a home run, scoring five runs, and three RBIs against Kaiser. Next up, Mid American Nazarene third baseman Deonathan Cornett, who went four for 10, hitting two home runs, which included a three run shot and a grand slam, tallying eight RBIs versus Embry Riddle and the receiving votes Arizona Christian squad. And then our last few here with Southeastern, yet again, out for the Josh Pagozo, four for nine, two homers and four RBIs in the series against Ottawa, Kansas. Of course, the uh, the leadoff home run, first one of the 2024 season. Um, yet another one that we mentioned here, Montreat outfielder Zeb Marquis, five for 16 in the four-game set against St. Thomas, with a three-homer game in game four uh, with a double and three RBIs. 
in that 19 to 11 victory. And then lastly, all of it, Nazarene infielder Jack Duvius, uh, eight for 15 on the weekend, two uh, with double two home runs, five RBIs versus Embry Riddle, Arizona Christian, and of course the number 19 ranked venue Mesa Redhawks. Really large talent pool to pick from this weekend. A lot of players opening the season on the right track. But ultimately, if you missed the tweets today, missed our social media, we did give away our NAI ball hitter pitcher and team of the week presented by Play in Sports. Taylor, our NAI ball hitter of the week goes to Trey Fury out of Jessup. Trey went 10 for 16 with two walks, three home runs, 11 RBIs, and a four-game sweep of a receiving votes Oregon Tech squad. And then our pitcher of the week uh, was Mason Longoria out of Houston, Victoria. Complete game shutout, two hits with eight Ks. And only two walks, too, against a, a very, very good Wayland Baptist lineup. Once again, Houston-Victoria with the four-game sweep. Uh, first time since 2009 that the Cougars are 4-0, and that is on the arm of our pitcher of the week, Mason Longoria. And touching on our NAI ball team of the week, we touched on it earlier. It'll be Ottawa University, Arizona, taking three games out of a four-game set versus a number nine Taylor squad. Very impressive opening weekend for Ottawa University of Arizona. And that rounds out our NAI ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the week for week one, presented by Play in Sports. And if you missed this as well, if you're not keeping up with social media, we, Taylor, have put out our very own NAI ball top 25 media poll presented to you by Netting Pros. Yeah, really excited to be able to uh, be a part of this one. Now, our first one here, our media poll consists of 11 voters all across the country. I mean, Oklahoma. Kentucky, you're, of course, in Indiana, uh, way out in, in, in Lewiston, Idaho. I mean, it really touches every single region. And um, we're really grateful to everyone that's participating here in this poll. And, of course, our great sponsors um, at Netting Pros for, for sponsoring uh, our top 25 media poll. We're really excited to get into it. Um, we're going to name off a few here because, obviously, not everyone's gotten kicked off their season yet. I'm um, going to start here with uh, Southeastern, of course, the number one team in the country in our poll uh, LSU Shreveport, who we have, have ranked fourth. Bellevue, the Bruins, uh, who get underway tomorrow um, in the East-West Challenge, which we'll be talking about later on. We, they come in at seventh. And Kansas Wesley in the 13th ranked squad in our media poll, who once again took down a, a great Texas Wesleyan squad in the great series down there in Fort Worth this year. Central Methodist, another team that we have highly ranked here at 16. And then, of course, St. Thomas receiving votes in the NAI poll, but in ours, we have them in the 25th spot. And like we mentioned a little bit earlier, Tyler, they did impress yet again in a, a three-to-one series victory over Montreat. Absolutely. St. Thomas did not disappoint this week. And you're rounding out the rest of our top 25, if you have not seen it yet. We have the Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies coming in at our number two spot. At number three, Lewis and Clark State. Coming in after Shreveport at number four, we have Tennessee Wesleyan, which will be followed by William Carey at six. The aforementioned Bellevue at seven, Cumberland's Kentucky at eight, Taylor at nine, Weber International rounding out the top 10. Moving on to the 11th ranked team in the nation, we have Missouri Baptist, which will then be followed by Mid-American Nazarene out there in Kansas. Coming in at 13, we have the Coyotes of Kansas Wesleyan. At 14, Vanguard. 15, Hope International. 16, as you mentioned before, Central Methodist. Coming in at 17 in our poll, Texas Wesleyan. Followed by Indiana Wesleyan, of course, at 18. 
Then moving on to Ave Maria at 19. Reinhardt at 20. Point Park at 21. Concordia of Michigan at 22. Benedictine Mesa coming in at 23. Mobile, Alabama at 24. And of course, as you mentioned before, rounding out our top 25 will be St. Thomas at 25. Yeah, and after uh, quite a bit of heads put together here on this poll, I mean, it was a pretty tough decision, I would say. I know me and you have uh, both talked about that, that you know, 15 to 25 range. I mean, where do you really put some teams like that, especially with a lot of turnover that we saw here at the NAI level um, from 2023 coming into 2024 now. Of course, you have, like you mentioned, that top four is uh, pretty set in stone, I'd say, Southeastern Georgia Gwinnett. Lewis Clark, Shreveport, and then getting to the fifth uh, Tennessee Wesleyan ranked Bulldogs. I mean, that you could probably flip that in any order, I would say, and you could get a pretty solid top five no matter what. Um, but one through 25 here, I mean, aside from the top five that I just mentioned, you get to six through 25. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough one that's going to be changing, obviously, biweekly here. Uh, that we'll have and that we're really um, going to be excited to to bring you guys over the 2024 season here. Yeah, you know, being able to put out our own top 25 poll is phenomenal. I know we were all extremely excited about getting the opportunity to do this, finally going through with it. And of course, like you mentioned earlier, the voters that we have scattered across the nation, practically eliminating any sort of regional bias is really going to make this top 25 poll the best it can possibly be. Yeah, absolutely. Nail on the head right there. I agree. You, um, you kind of cut out the the regional bias, as you said. I mean, we really do touch base with quite literally every part of the country here in NAI baseball. Once again, we're super grateful for Netting Pros and for the members of this poll here to, uh, to, uh, to have access and uh, not only grow the level of NAI baseball that we love, but um, really, you know, give – these teams a, a bit of a second opinion here if you will uh coming into the season not only to look at the the nai poll but um here in our poll once again shout out netting pros um for sponsoring this one we're really excited to bring you guys uh this year in 2024 as the season goes on absolutely huge shout out to the guys down at netting pros for sponsoring this for us couldn't be more appreciative of those guys so we had a big action-packed week one looking ahead to week two Week two of the 2024 season, we got quite a few games that you should definitely be on the lookout for. I will kick things off here with my alma mater. Receiving votes, McPherson heading down to Chickasha, Oklahoma to take on the Drovers of University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. Taylor, I, taken out of my alumni bias, I think this is, has the makings for a great weekend series. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. It's uh, it's two teams that we we obviously both know very very well. Um, me playing against USAO for so long, knowing a bunch of guys there, I still do. Um, and shout out, of course, to our, our guy Connor Darnell. Um, go Drovers! By the way, he would want me to say that um, coming up on this series here. Uh, the Drovers, the Drovers looked really impressive yet again coming into uh, 2024 here once again. It's been one of the perennial powers at the level, if you will, and um, in our against Our Lady of the Lake. Uh, took a series victory. Uh, lineup looked good. Pitching staff looked good. The Drovers looked primed yet again to compete and possibly win another Sooner Athletic Conference title here. And this is going to be a great test early on in the season, much like Our Lady of the Lake was last weekend with a great McPherson squad who's had some very, very good success, obviously, in recent years under Coach Dawson, as you know. 
Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know you're looking forward to it. And uh, not sure if you and Connor have any bets placed on it, but if you do, don't tell me. I will. I do not want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, Mr. Connor Darnell and I will be split when it comes to our picks for this one. <laughs> McPherson coming off um, a series loss to University of Southwest down there in Hobbs, New Mexico. Tough start for the Bulldogs, but they're going to be looking to bounce back here against a very well-rounded USAO squad. I am very excited to tune into this one. I definitely think a lot of y'all should. This should be on your radar for games to watch this weekend. Another one we have lined up as a game you absolutely should be paying attention to and tuning into is going to be the number 22-ranked Central Methodist Eagles heading down to Southwestern Assemblies of God. Yeah, another another perennial power and another Sooner Athletic Conference team. Uh, Central Methodist, of course, under under Coach Nate Reeland is – uh, you know, played for the national title a few years back, uh, national runner-up, and uh, of course not having the season that they they wanted at the end last year um, for a program like that uh, back and ready for a vengeance here and kicks it off with what is a very, very tough um, Sagu squad under Coach Matt there um, down in Waxahachie. Uh, he's really built a great program over the last few years, and um, they've only improved as, as years have gone on under his tenure. And uh, he's looking prime. I mean, they were a top 25 team last year um, for most of the season with with guys like Michael Watson, the NAI All-American. Um, now with the squad, with a bunch of returners, too, and they get an early test, too, with, with Central Methodist coming into their place. That should be a really fun series and a series that you may not have circled, I would say, early on in the fall. But now looking at these two teams and what they've done in recent years, um, it's definitely one to be highlighted for sure. It should be some some high-level baseball. Absolutely. It's shaping up to be a really good series. The Eagles, of course, coming in at 22 in the NAI official poll. Next series to definitely have circled this weekend, especially after the performance that these two put together in week one, we have Mid-America Christian heading down to take on Houston Victoria. Taylor, how do you see this one playing out? Once again, like you said, a, a one that you might not have circled uh, before this past weekend, but you definitely have to now. Mid-America Christian, as we mentioned, uh, with that doubleheader split at Shreveport, uh, the 11-1 to win there in game one under the arm of Isaac Baez. Uh, looking to do much of the same here against the Houston Victoria squad there in the Red River. Uh, beautiful ballpark. Once again, it's going to be a beautiful setting down there down there in Texas and mid America is going to uh, come down there. And that's, this should be once again, high level baseball. I mean, Houston Victoria had a double head over sweep that first day with three combined hits. So that just kind of speaks to the pitching staff, not only Mason Longoria, but, but the others as well. I mean, they really, really impressed on the mound against a really good Wayland Baptist lineup that we've seen put up some very, very high numbers over the last few years. And Matthew coming in there, they can make another statement here in Houston. Victoria could also make a statement as well that, after this weekend, we'll we'll know for sure which team is 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 truly ready to compete, and we're both tough conferences. Absolutely, like you said, not one you would necessarily have circled, but one you should have circled now. Down there in Shreveport, Louisiana, we are going to be having a top twenty-five matchup between Reinhardt coming in at number twenty-three in the NAI official rankings, taking on the Pilots of Shreveport, ranked number five. Absolutely. Reinhardt, a team that has, has been knocking on the door recently in the last few years and kind of going down to pilot field and playing Shreveport and they're, they're going to be a, a pissed off team. That's for sure. Coach Neffendorf is definitely going to have that squad ready to go. 
and uh, they don't they don't get another light test too with with the twenty third ranked Eagles coming in out of Reinhardt in Georgia. Uh, this is going to be a really really exciting one. Of course, with that that three team there with uh, with a receiving vote squad and Tabor, that's that's also going to compete. That we also have highlighted there. Of course, them going up against Reinhardt both and Shreveport to kick off their season. That one's going to be really really fun. I can't wait for that. that I mean, ranked matchup in, uh, in early February. I mean, you can't ask for really much else. Yeah, Pilots definitely looking to bounce back in this one. Another one to have circled here, Ottawa University of Arizona taking on the College of Idaho. What do you got in this yeah. one, Taylor? Yeah, out west, too. We um, focus our eyes out that way. College of Idaho coming in out of the Cascade, putting up a football score on opening weekend against Park Gilbert out of Arizona, winning 21-3. to And, of course, as we mentioned, Ottawa, Arizona, the spirit with the, the – Three games to one series victory over the ninth-ranked uh, Taylor Trojans out of Indiana, a team that we're going to have highlighted as the season starts here. Of course, with a with a series victory like that, I mean, we're gonna you're going to be talked about for a while here. And they come in against what is a really good offense uh, over the past few years out in Idaho. Of course, with uh, the College of Idaho and the Yotes, uh, twenty-one runs is I don't care who you're playing against. That's tough to do. That is. There's a lot, a lot of offense for sure. And uh, let's see if there's going to be some high-level offense here in this series. Of course, having mentioned with Evan Massey of Ottawa, Arizona, should be a, a very fun matchup. Yeah, and you know, another series I had circled, Taylor, was Clark of Iowa heading down to receiving votes, Oklahoma City University. Obviously, Coach Brian McCabe down there, first year at Clark, looking to get his squad started off on the right track. Yeah, back at the alma mater is Coach McCabe and going into one of the historic venues at Jim Wade Stadium. Uh, can't get much better here to start of early February. Should be some great weather here in Oklahoma, which is really surprising for for this time of year. And uh, I know I'm I'm looking forward to OCU. Obviously, they're coming off of that uh, that sweep of LSU Alexandria. It was a really exciting uh, weekend there. Had to get moved around to do some weather, but they got it in. Um, got the sweep there with that four to three victory uh, in the final in game three there in the ninth, coming in facing a really good Clark squad. And I know Coach McCabe's got a little something extra to prove, obviously, back at his alma mater. And it should be a re- really great early season test for both of these squads. And Taylor, this brings us to our NAI ball big series of the week. That is going to be going to the East West Challenge, which is presented to you by NAI ball. Taylor, how is the East West Challenge shaping up this year? Second year of the East-West Challenge, of course, um, hosted this year by Arizona Christian out in the great state of Arizona. Last year, we had it in Lakeland, Florida, um, hosted by Southeastern. This year, we move it uh, out west, out to the west coast, if you will. And getting things started, I mean, we have quite the lineup here. On Wednesday, we get things going uh, tomorrow. As you guys are listening to this, as we're recording uh, tonight here on Tuesday, January 30th, uh, Wednesday, uh, receiving votes in the NAI poll, St. Thomas, the Bobcats, taking on the 19th-ranked Venue Mesa Redhawks. And then, of course, in the nightcap, the 7th-ranked Bellevue Buens, um, taking on a receiving vote squad and host site, Arizona Christian. Um, on Thursday, we have a, the first full slate there with the 11th-ranked Hope International Royals against, once again, uh, the St. Thomas Bobcats. Highlighted by one of the games of the day here, um, the third-ranked Lewis and Clark State Warriors against the 6th-ranked Tennessee Wesleyan Bulldogs. Then we have Vanguard, the 17th-ranked uh, Lions, coming in against Bellevue. Uh, Southeastern, the number one team in the country, takes on Benue Mesa for their first game. And then, of course, the 15th-ranked Ave Maria out of the Sun Conference taking on Arizona Christian. On Friday, we have St. Thomas versus Vanguard. Uh, number six, Tennessee Wesleyan takes on Hope International. 
the big one, uh, number three, Lewis and Clark State taking on Southeastern there on Friday. Vanguard versus Ave Maria and Bellevue in the nightcap against the third-ranked Warriors out of Lewis and Clark State. Hope International against Southeastern, 11 versus 1. Ave Maria versus Venue Mesa. And then Tennessee Wesleyan versus Indiana Christian to round things out. And then the final day on Saturday, 15th-ranked Ave Maria versus Hope International. Venue Mesa versus Bellevue. Southeastern versus Arizona Christian. Vanguard versus Tennessee Wesleyan. And then St. Thomas versus LC State. Now, Tyler, we do have some ones highlighted here. Let's go ahead and get into the first big one uh, there on Thursday night. Uh, number three, Lewis and Clark versus Tennessee Wesley. And this one's going to be real fun. I think this one's going to be absolute fireworks. You know, we got two top 10 squads going in, facing off right away. I couldn't be more excited for this matchup. This is one I will absolutely be tuning into. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm beyond excited to watch this matchup. Both teams with tremendous track records. It just has all of the makings for a great, great matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Billy Berry, Jake Taylor, I mean, two big-time coaches there. I mean, this is a World Series matchup that we're getting uh, early on uh, in February. It's going to be incredible. Lewis and Clark, uh, the third-ranked team, obviously, in the country, and then the sixth-ranked Bulldogs out of Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, get into Lewis and Clark a little bit. I mean, they are – the the real big name now in, in, in AI. I mean, they're returning 80% of their offense from the national runner-up squad. Of course, Isaiah Thomas, the World Series MVP, Nick Siemens uh, there in the outfield as well. Charlie Updegrave coming back from injury. He was a big, big bat there down the stretch late when he returned. Dobbs Signorelli and Carter Booth. Uh, 80% of a really, really good offense. And once again, I can't reiterate this enough. Isaiah Thomas in a losing effort was the NAI World Series MVP last year. That is something that really does not – you have to really, really impress. And I believe it was something around like a, a 710 slug or, or some uh, some absurd number like that. He had a really great World Series. And then Nick Siemens, of course, patrolling the outfield with him. Uh, he's been a big, big name there in the rotation. I mean, you can't say enough. Dallas McGill is returning. Uh, Jake Taylor's got a squad primed, ready to go, and ready to compete for another national title. And Billy Berry has much of the same there. Tennessee wasn't out of the Appalachian. Um, coming for a bit of vengeance as 2023 ended uh, a little bit with a bad taste in their mouth uh, as they obviously didn't make the World Series. And Carson Ford's back. Uh, he's uh, been a mainstay for that lineup for a while. This number three versus number six, that one's going to be awesome there on Thursday night. Absolutely. I think if you were going to circle one game on Thursday, it would absolutely have to be LCSC versus Tennessee was on. This is going to be a phenomenal game to watch. A lot of good baseball going on in general in the East-West Challenge. But on Thursday, this is going to be the one that really kicks it off. As you mentioned, we are kind of getting a little bit of an early treat here, possibly a potential future World Series matchup down up there in Lewiston. Definitely going to be a game to watch. You know, And then moving on to Friday, another game we had highlighted here, another potential World Series matchup. To be honest, Taylor, I feel like a lot of these matchups in the East-West <laughs> Challenge – could be potential World Series matchups. The competition down there is that good this year. But with this game, we have the third-ranked LCSC Warriors going up against the number one team in the country, Southeastern. And we get treated to that on Friday. What do you have for this game? I mean, it's the 2022 National Championship rematch. Of course, remember, Southeastern took that home and what was just – there's a World Series that, quite frankly, had everything. I mean, a rain delay, pushing it back to – to the, to the next day to finish out the ninth inning, to finish out the national championship game. I mean, that was, that was absurd. I, I mean, that was 
the, these two teams are what you think of truly when you think of NAI baseball. Southeastern, Adrian Pinkle, Lewis and Clark, Jake Taylor, um, up there at Harris Field, of course, the beautiful site of the NAI World Series. Going down to the great state of Arizona, this one is going to be just absolutely electric. I mean, not only in the NAI, but this is one of this is going to be one of the best games I would say at any level of college baseball, at least to start off the season. I don't think you're getting this much much anywhere else. I mean, the only thing I can really think of is something like the Shriners Classic down there in Houston and Minute Maid. Um, shout out, Robbie. Uh, but Lewis and Clark State and Southeastern there Friday night under the lights. You really can't get much better than that. Um, we're going to see some high level baseball. And I know these two teams do not like each other. That's for sure. After 2022. And um, they're going to take some of that and bring in even more intensity into this matchup on Friday. You really could not write a better script for this game. This honestly challenge East West challenge as a whole, like, I think we said another potential World Series matchup here. This is going to be insane. Number one versus number three. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great weekend of baseball. Amazing. Another game to keep an eye out on Friday. Number 15, Ave Maria taking on number 19, Benu Mesa. Benu Mesa, obviously, with a new coach with Brian McCabe heading down to Clark. Ave Maria proven to be a tough team in the Sun Conference. Taylor, how do you see this one shaping out? Yeah, absolutely. Ave Maria is, uh, once again, that that team that came up and surprised everyone there in the tough Sun Conference uh, last year, both with, with Southeastern Weber, St. Thomas, and the list goes on and on and on down there. That is the, the best conference in the country for sure, um, and it has been for the, the last few years. And um, they're battle-tested bunch after last season coming against uh, a Ben Mesa squad that um, under a new coach, of course, with Brian McCabe leaving, but the, the legacy he left there, I mean, that program is still going to be a very, very successful one. And um, in their home state, in their own backyard, um, they're going to be ready to defend defend home turf um, against the Florida squad. And hopefully they, uh, the Ben Mesa Redhawks, um, hopefully they can chalk up a, a dub for the, for the West squad here in this matchup. It should be a really fun one. One of the more intriguing ones, I would say, one of the more, uh, highly contested ones that we have all weekend here out in Arizona. This one's going to be a, a really fun one to watch. Absolutely. And like you said, very tightly contested as these two teams have a four spot differential in the NAI official rankings. Definitely two teams of a similar caliber, according to analytics here with these rankings, but definitely a, a game you should definitely be keeping an eye out for. I think this is going to be a great matchup, very tightly contested, as you said. And then moving on to Saturday, rounding out the last day of the East-West Challenge, we have circled number 19, Benu Mesa, again, versus the Bellevue Bruins coming in at number seven. Yeah, Bellevue, like we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, coming in under Dwayne Monlux, another big-time coaching name at our level, looking for a third straight trip back to Lewiston there, and Bellevue gets things kicked off, of course, tomorrow against St. Thomas here in 24 hours of time we're recording this. That Saturday matchup against Benu Mesa um, to end things there in the East-West Challenge. I mean, that whole day you have 15th-ranked Ave Maria versus Hope International, the 11th-ranked squad. Of course, Benu Mesa, Bellevue, Southeastern Arizona Christian. And what was a really tightly contested matchup last year in the East-West Challenge between those two, 17th-ranked Vanguard against Tennessee was in, and of course, St. Thomas versus LC State. But that Benu Mesa-Bellevue matchup, once again, I think it's going to be a really highly highly contested one. Benu Mesa is going to be looking to chalk up a top 10 win. They could get a couple of these there this weekend here. And that last day there, we'll see 
who has enough left in the tank to get that done. That's going to be a really, really fun one and one that we could potentially see here in the opening round um, down the line here in May. Bellevue and Venue Mesa have been two great programs here in recent years, and they're looking for much of the same here here in 2024. And that's going to be a great matchup to end things off there on that Saturday. I'm ready to get forward uh, to watching this. I can't wait to get this uh, event kicked off tomorrow. And this East West is is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it um, once again, like last year, but even more this year in the, under the second year here. Absolutely. There's a great weekend of baseball lined up for us here. And, you know, like you mentioned with Bellevue, definitely shaping up to be another powerhouse of a team returning a lot of their players from last year and a lot of players we know can really bring it on the field. Definitely going to be a squad to watch out for all year is the Bellevue Bruins. Great weekend of baseball lined up with the East-West Challenge. You're not going to find better competition anywhere else this weekend other than down in Arizona for the East-West Challenge. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm excited. I know you're excited. We are all very excited for these games here at NAI Ball. Yeah, absolutely. You said it best. Arizona and the East-West Challenge. Of course, once again, our bit, a big thanks go out to Arizona Christian uh, for, for hosting the event there. And um, we couldn't be more excited to sponsor it here um, with all the great folks in AI Ball. Of course, myself, you, Tyler, Connor, uh, Cody, of course, in a memorial of who's built this great um, this great foundation, this great brand, and Robbie. I mean, the, the what they've done for, for this tournament and once again for the brand itself and what we've continued to carry on here is it's – it's truly, it's truly amazing to see where we're at here. And personally, I can't wait to get things started here tomorrow. Once again, Bellevue and St. Thomas get things kicked off there at the East-West Challenge. Uh, this is going to be a fun few days of baseball and some high-level competition, a lot of potential World Series matchups. And I can't wait to get it started. Absolutely, Taylor. And, you know, that's going to round out week two of competition here for the 2024 season. The next time we catch everybody here, we will be recapping everything that went down at the East West challenge alongside some of the games and series that we mentioned previously games to watch out for great weekend of baseball lined up. Be sure not to miss it from all of us here at NAI ball. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. You can follow myself, Tyler Norris on Twitter at TNOR 46. You can get Taylor on Twitter at underscore Taylor Thomas 14. And of course, be sure to follow at NAI Ball on Twitter for all your NAI Ball scores, news, and updates. Thank you again, and we will catch you all next time. Have a great day and a better tomorrow.